We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Everything. Stay standing while we read the Word. We honor Him today. Everything. How many of you like everything? I like hamburgers with everything. I like pizza with everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 29 and 30 says this, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Father, today, take thy word. May it find good soil in our lives and bring forth much fruit, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. you may be seated. Corinthian church had a lot of problems. A lot of problems. They had a whole lot of natural and not very much supernatural. They had a lot of divisions. People saying, who do you follow? I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Some followed Christ. All these different leaders, some of them had, had leadership skills that were very selfish. A lot of issues. Read about the Corinthian church. A lot of issues in the church. And Paul was trying to get them to position themselves so that God would bless them. How many know that we have to do the work? Last week I talked about how that God had already prepared the ground, put all the seed in the ground when he created the earth, but he withheld the rain because there was no one there to work. In your life and my life, God has already put everything you need in you when you were born. You have to position yourself Get everything in your life in position to where God can reign in your heart and bring forth much fruit. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. It says this. It says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. We were, we were all there. We were all born into sin. But now, He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. So that is the cross. The cross is what has saved us, right? And has caused us to be without blemish in God's sight. If, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So Paul is saying, hey, we have this saving power provided by the cross that changes us from what we were, alienated from God, to becoming part of God's family. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us, say it with me, everything. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Glory. The glory of God. We use that term a lot. Glory means to attribute to. God does not share glory. When God does something, He wants us to attribute it back to Him. So if you say or do something, or if I say or do something, and, and somebody can't, someone says, hey, that really touched my life, it impacted my life, it changed my life, don't take the glory, because it wasn't you. It was Christ in you, using you in that moment. So make sure we must always give glory to God. It belongs to God. It is His. He is very jealous about His glory and He does not want us receiving His glory. Just read in the Bible a few times people decided to, to take credit for what God was doing. It's not pretty. We need to give all glory to God. So today I give glory to God for Him saving me. How many of you thank God for salvation? Hallelujah. Thank God. It was because of the cross that I am saved. I'm saved. But when I'm saved, we have to understand that that is not the destination. Salvation is not the destination. It's just the instigation of our journey in Christ. When I was growing up, I mean, if you got saved, well, the next thing was, well, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm saved, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. What's next? Just hang on. Don't let go. Just just hold the fort, baby. And I, that's what I did for years. Then I started reading God's Word. And I realized that that is not what we are supposed to be doing. Right. We're not supposed to get saved, filled with the Spirit, and then just survive till He returns. Or we die, one or the other. No, no, no. We, we've got to understand that we have been saved for a reason. We've got to be willing to put in some work. I've got to tell you, when we have a lot of food here, a lot of people show up. Call a work day, less people show up. Call a prayer meeting, and less people show up. But prayer is the key to the kingdom of God. So why shouldn't that be our biggest turnouts? If I was here today and go, I'm going to give you a key to a brand new car if you want it, just come to church. How many people show up church today? But if I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God, how many people want that key? We've got to put in the work. You've got to pray. You've got to believe. You've got to have faith. You've got to walk out what God has already worked out in your life. And God wants me and you to have an abundant life right now. I have saved you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But I have come. Why? That you might have an abundant life now. God wants to reign in our lives, bring forth the resources He's already placed, everything you need to live a godly life, it's already in you. We've just got to position ourselves to receive it. So today, I'm going to give you some milk, and then I'm going to give you some meat. And we're going to see how we do. You ready? When we are saved, we experience the saving grace of God. Aren't you glad for saving grace? 
saved us, redeemed us. He's made us white as snow. We are now given into His presence without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Thank God for His saving grace. But beyond saving grace is what we should be living in after that. It's called empowering grace. God has empowered us and equipped us to live a life of abundance spiritually, mentally. Come on. I know a lot of people got a lot of mental issues in church. We're going to talk about that. Mentally, spiritually, health, financially, all of those areas. Abundant life God has already given everything you need in you to live an abundant life. Everything. So when we are saved, we are born again, and we are the children of God. Isn't that awesome? A child of God. That is wonderful. This week we had a birth in our church and I talked with the lady this week who had the, the, the child and she goes, I said, how was she? goes, oh, pastor, I had to pray. The, the baby was going to be there before I even got to the hospital. She got to the hospital and like seven minutes later the baby was born. What a wonderful thing. Great celebration. Woo, thank God. She has a child. Oh, no, she has a child. Because a child... It's all about them. Hmm? It's all about their comfort. They are controlled by their senses. How they feel. Whether they are warm or cold. How they respond to the atmosphere. What they see. What they hear what they feel, what they touch, and what they taste. That's a child. A child has to be cared for, fed, change the diapers. You have to dress a child, and you have to carry a child, and you have to coddle a child because they are just born again, and they are children. A child consumes. A child needs a parent or a guardian. 1 Corinthians 1.26 says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, and not many were of noble birth. So when God calls us, He calls us and we're born again as children of God. But how many of you know God does not want to leave you with just saving grace? That was all milk. I'm about to throw some meat all up in here. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I did things that children did. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, you might hear in the future some stories about me and an orphan girl in Costa Rica and a jump rope. I'm just here to set the record straight. This young girl comes up to me at the orphanage and we're about ready to leave and she, she keeps handing me a jump rope and she wants me to jump the rope, but she's six 
and the jump rope is her length. But being the man that I am, I'm going to take the challenge. So I take the jump rope and I start jumping and much to my surprise, she counts, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, tres, and I make it to 10. I lift my hands in victory. I give the rope back to her, she starts counting. She can only get to five or six and then she messes up. Then another little boy tries it, they can't get to 10. So I walk back to the van, I am victorious. I have just crushed six-year-old orphan kids. terrible. The next morning, I go to get out of bed. And my left hamstring is not stretching. I can't hardly move my left leg. I said, what's the matter? Nothing. Because when I became a man, I should have put away childish things. But I thought, I can go back to being a child. I'm a man. I'm not a child. Now, when you are born again, you are children of God. But guess what? He doesn't expect you to continue to be a child. He wants you to mature, to grow up. Because there's another term that he uses about us that is not a child of God, but he calls us the sons of God. And in that terminology, it's showing a grown man, mature man. This is not a child. This is not a little baby boy. This is a grown man of God. You are sons of God. Yeah. Now, I know some of you ladies go, I don't want to be a son of God. Sorry, that's what the Bible calls you. Preachers add in their daughters, but it's not in the Bible. It's just sons of God. So here's what I'm saying. If I have to be called the bride of Christ, you can be sons of God. Give and take. But here's what a son does. A son is mature. A son manifests the character of his father. A son is capable of handling his inheritance. A son can feed himself. A son can dress himself. A son can walk by himself. A son contributes. A son has possessions. And a son manages assets. I think it's time for all of us to go from being children of God to being a man, a woman, a son of the Most High God to where we're no longer having to be coddled and cradled, but we stand and we walk and we walk this thing out by faith. I'm going to get a bigger clap a little bit later. Some of you are going, I'm not clapping because I am not one to grow up. No, it's time to grow up. The problem is we've been feeding little children too many times in the church. Don't get choked on the meat today, but I want you to chew on it. The Bible says we're to meditate on this. We are to, that means to just chew it. A cow has a couple of stomachs. They'll chew it, swallow it, pass it in between, pop it back up, chew on it some more. You're going to need to chew on some of this this week. You're going to need to go to your Bible and go, is the pastor talking right? I don't think that's right. No, you need to grow up. I need to grow up. We've all got to grow up. Guess what? This morning, my wife didn't dress me. She didn't feed me. She didn't coddle me. She didn't drive me to church. She didn't do anything for me. You know why? Because I'm a man. That's right, baby. 
She didn't marry a child. She married a man. Somebody that'll take care of her. Yeah. And you see, God wants us to be sons of the Most High God so that we don't come in here and just react to our senses. You see, that's what was going on in the Corinthian church. They had a whole lot of natural going on, but not a whole lot of supernatural. They thought communion was just a time to come in and have a big feast and fill their bellies. And God's going, no, 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 no. Communion is not about you feeding yourself and getting full. You're acting like a little child. It's all about you. Communion is not about you. Communion is about you remembering me. Communion is about you making sure that you get your mind understanding the anointed one, Christ. Christ in the, in the New Testament means the anointed one. Yes, we've got to understand that church is not for us. We are here because we are the church. The church has two purposes, to win the lost and to equip the saints to do the ministry. Not to keep dressing you and feeding you every Sunday. All I need to do is read one verse and say amen. You go home, feed yourself. Feed yourself Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning. You get the idea. You got to drink yourself. You got to feed yourself. You got to dress yourself. You got to put on the helmet of salvation every morning. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The loins girt about with truth. You got to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You got to have a shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And you walk out of your house as a man or a woman of God. You don't come crawling out of there. You're going to hurt. Yeah. Be whining. I didn't get my way at church. That's a child. It's a child. Once my children grew up, I didn't care for them like I did when they were children. I didn't go in there and go, can I dress you? They walked out of some stuff. I should have dressed them. But it's time to transition from children to men and women of God to sons and daughters of God. I'll add that in there so you make you feel better. I'm still the bride of Christ, by the way. But when we mature, we go from what we were saved from to why we were saved and what for. You see, when we're children, we're always talking about what we got saved from. When we grow up, we're going, here's what I'm saved for. Here's what God has given empowering grace in my life for me to accomplish. We're not here, I'm reading my notes, to take up space. We're not here just to breathe air, but we have been saved to mature and become contributors to the kingdom of God, to work, to take care of the God's resources that He's already placed in us because everything has already been placed inside of you. Everything has already been placed inside of me for us to live an abundant life, an empowering life, a life of conquerors, a life of victorious, a life that says, hey, that's not just what I'm saved from, it's what I'm saved for. The cross enables me to be saved from, but the resurrection enables me to be saved for. Hallelujah. The power. Paul says, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. We must stop running from sin. Listen, I know a lot of baby Christians today who are still trying to get away from sin. We should be past that. It's not running from sin, and we are running for God. We are running to God, not away from the enemy. We are running to God. We must understand that it is not by might nor by power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. 
We are the sons of God. And we've got to have our mind. The Corinthian church had the wrong mindset coming to communion. We've got to get our mind set on God. The word of God says the carnal mind is an enemy of God. And people think, oh, carnal, I don't know what that means. No, carnal just means a natural way of thinking. A natural way of thinking is an enemy to God. If you're a child of God and you have grown into a son of God, guess what? You should not be thinking naturally. You should be thinking what will be the supernatural result of this situation. You see, so many times we focus on the devil. I have found the devil is not the enemy in most cases. The enemy in most cases is we're still thinking like a little child. We're still thinking in the natural. And listen, I can rebuke the devil. You can too. But I can't rebuke a baby. Let that sink in. I've shared with you that we, we cannot control what thoughts come into our minds. I've shared that with you. But we can control what thoughts we meditate on. What thoughts we chew on over and over and over. You see, the enemy puts all kinds of thoughts in my mind. While I'm preaching, the enemy's trying to get me off track, put all thoughts in my mind. And I got to go, nope, I take control. I take it captive because I'm a man. I choose what I think on and I get it out of my mind. I don't stand up here and think about it's too hot in here, it's too cold in here. That's not what I'm thinking about. That's natural thinking. I'm not in here thinking about whether or not you're comfortable or I'm comfortable. I'm not thinking about the color shoes I have on. Those are weird shoes for a pastor to wear. But these are my blue suede shoes and don't step on them. You see, sometimes we're thinking in the natural. All we're thinking about is what the lights are, the cold, the heat, the loudness, the hot. God says, quit stopping and thinking like natural. You come into my presence, it's time that you start thinking like I think. You have the mindset of God. You begin to think supernatural. You don't begin to think like a baby, act like a baby. Put those things away and act like a son of God. Amen. Handle my inheritance I've given to you. Keep our, thing, our minds fixed on things. When we act small, think small like a child, we will receive small. When we think big, act big, and become a son of God and think supernatural, all things are possible to him that believes. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I told you I was going to get to mental health. You want peace? Think on God things. You're having trouble with your mind, depression, think on the things of God. I can't stay depressed very long when I'm thinking like a man thinks. When I'm thinking like a son of God, when I think like my father thinks, when I think like the anointed one thinks in my life, I can't stay depressed very long. I can't stay discouraged because everything I read in His Word begins to build up my faith. Everything in His Word tells me, you know what? When you were unlovable, son, I loved you. <laughs> when, whenever you were in, the, in your sins, I sent my son to die on the cross for you and all of a sudden, now I'm not depressed anymore. And because God begins to lavish His love on me and begins to pour out rain into my life and all of a sudden those seeds that are there in my life begin to bear forth much fruit and I begin to just praise God because I got saved, hallelujah. I experienced saving grace, but now I've got empowering grace that gives me the power to defeat every hell that comes in my life and yours too. Come on, grow up, be a man of God, be a son of the Most High God. 
We don't go running to Jesus and say, don't you care? Remember those disciples? Jesus! Don't you care? I know Jesus would have just wanted to just slap them. Have you not grown up yet, disciples? I've been with you. You just saw me feed 10,000 plus people. You think I'm going to let you die in a boat? Come on. Don't you care? And how many times have we asked God, don't you care? And I know God just want to, wait, wait a minute, I can't do it because you're a child. <laughs> I got to realize you're still just a little baby. You got little wet diapers on. You got little poopy diapers. I can't do anything to you. But when you grow up, you won't ever say that again. You'll know that I love you. You know that I care about you. And you are the apple of my eye. And my eye never stops leaving you. And I'm thinking about you 100% of the time. I'm caring about you when you don't even know I'm caring about you. I'm moving things out of the way before you ever get there. I'm fighting battles for you before you ever get there. You won't ever ask me, do you care? You won't ever ask me, do you love me? Because you know I care. And you know I love you. You see, I put away childish things. We don't need to think natural. We need to think supernatural. Think like a son. You know what a son does? Takes a stone to a sword fight. You come against me with shield and spear. Watch out, buddy. This ain't natural thinking. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. David was not there in the natural. He was not a little boy anymore. He was not a child. They looked at him like a child, but he was a grown man walking out there on that field that day. When we grow up and we think like a son, we carry only 300 men to fight thousands. <laughs> uh, you got too many men. What? Yeah, just get the ones that drink the water like this. And, but that's only 300 and there's tens of thousands. Don't worry about this. You're thinking like a natural man. Start thinking in the supernatural. When we begin to see the cloud the size of a man's hand and get ready for a flood. Watch out, it's about to rain. It's about, you better get off this mountain because it's about to rain. What? I don't know what you're looking at, but I know what I'm looking at today. I don't know what you're thinking, but I know what I'm thinking today. I'm ready to take a stone to a sword fight. I'm ready to take one or two people that says, I know my God is able, and I'm ready to shake all the gates of hell. I'm ready to destroy hell. Why? I'm not running from my past. I'm running because God has saved me, delivered me, and empowered me today to preach the gospel, empowered me today to tell you you are no longer children of God, but you are sons of the Most High God today. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That word approve means you will be able to allow God to be God. When you do what? Let your mind get transformed from the thinking of this world. And you do not stay conformed to this world, but you are transformed. You do not think like your unsaved friends. You do not think like people who are just babies. You think like a son of God. You handle the inheritance God has placed in your life and he says because you've been faithful over a few things, I'm going to make you ruler over much. When he sees you've positioned yourself, for the blessings to reign in your life, he says, now I'm going to give you more. You see, God always messes with people. Remember the guys he gave the talents to? I heard it preached for years. I feel so bad for the guy who, he only had one and God just took it from him and gave it to the one with ten. Because that's the smart thing to do. 
If I give you $10 and you $10 and you $10 and you come back with 10, you come back with 100 and you come back with 1,000, I'm taking his 10 and giving it to you. I want a return on my investment. God has invested his son on the cross and he wants a return on that. And for those of us that want to position ourselves as sons of God, guess what? He's going to begin to give more and more and more. So don't get jealous. Get to work. Get to work. Grow up. Say, hey, I'm tired of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put on my pants and I'm going to put on my big boy. Let's go. Do the work of God. You see, when we are sons, we are mature. We think in a way that allows God's will to be done in our life. We don't pray my will. We pray not my will, but thine be done. A child is only concerned about his way. Go to Walmart. Watch them. They're not concerned about the parent's checkbook. All they're concerned about is, I want bubbles. You don't love me. I hear kids tell their parents, you don't love me. That parent loves you. That's why they're not buying you bubbles. Trying to get you to grow up. You don't get something every time you go to the store. That's maturity right there. Child's growing up. You teach them. You get something for Christmas, your birthday, but you don't get something every day. Then you won't, you won't really be happy. Give you something, just throw it over there and go, what's next? Sometimes we get that way in church. People today are choosing churches by the way they're serving coffee. Well, I'm going to this church because they serve Starbucks. I had a guy in New Mexico. He came out. He said, Pastor, I'm so glad you guys serve Starbucks in the church. I said, well, you're welcome. We did not serve Starbucks. We serve the cheap stuff most churches do in the bulk, you know. We get it delivered in bulk and that's what we serve. But if he thought it was Starbucks, I'll let him think it. That'll get him coming to church. People today are choosing churches by uh, a whole lot of natural reasons. We need to be coming to church because you know what? When I come to church, I get challenged. I, I get some meat thrown at me. I got to chew on a little bit this week. I don't get my way. I go there and we try to let God's way happen. We, I, I go there and they challenge me. They want me to grow up and I, I got to dress myself at church. I, I, got, I don't get my way. I don't get to whine and everybody goes, oh, well, let's just do something just for you then. Come on. Yeah. You're going to get choked. You don't chew on this a while this week. Some of you, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now at lunchtime, I already know, Pastor Bardwell, can you believe Pastor? At lunch table today, that's okay. I got somebody backing me up here. You see, our biggest battle is not the devil sometimes. Our biggest battle is growing up. Growing up to talk. Oh, God love it. Don't you love it when your kids start talking and then they never shut up? <laughs> then they start walking and guess where they walk? Away from you most of the time. And then they start eating. Oh, it gets more and more expensive. And then they start dressing themselves and they want more expensive clothes than what you bought them. And then they start... Oh, wait, I like this part. They start contributing. They start doing chores around the house. Isn't that awesome? They don't come in to be served. They go, uh, Mom and Dad, I, I, yeah, you got to make up your own bed. What? Yeah, that's part of living in this house. You make up your own bed. You clean up your own room. Now, after that, guess what you're going to do? You're going to help clean up the table. You're going to help do the dishes. You're going to help start cleaning up stuff that you didn't even get dirty. What? Yeah. 
You're going to start mowing the yard and washing the car and feeding the dog. And That's not my dog. Don't care. It's not how you feed it. Because you're not a child anymore. You're grown up. We went to this orphanage. They have 47 children. Um, uh, uh, two parents in this orphanage. They are in their 80s. And they got 47 children in that house. And that house, we walked into it. It was immaculate. Like a museum. And I'm like, Lord, today, I hear women in America complaining when they got one child. Oh, my house is a mess. I don't know what I'm going to do. We can't get to church on time because my kid is. Like, what if he had 47? They had six washing machines, six dryers. They had a whole building just for laundry. A whole building. Yeah. And they said out of all the over 200-something kids come through our orphanage, every one of them are saved. And not the, only that, they're not just babies. They're all serving God in church somewhere. Somebody made those kids grow up. And guess what? When you turn four, you start getting put on the schedule of chores. They got the names. They got the little color doll. We saw the chart is huge. Got a name on there. Got a chore to do it at four years of age. And in America, we're still doing this. Come on. In churches, we're still doing this. The people have been saved 5, 10, 15 years. Come on. PCA, it's time for us to grow up, win the lost, and get equipped to do the ministry of God. I'm challenging you today to become a son of God. And you can hear this however you want to, but I love you with all my heart. But we have had enough time to be your pastors. It is now time for me to say, okay, I'm taking off the sweet gloves, and it's time for us to start tearing hell all to pieces. We are not just running from our past. We need to start having testimonies of why God saved us and what He saved us for. You see, when we don't act like supernatural men and women of God, we're not following God's protocol. And the Corinthians were doing that. They weren't following God's protocol. God has a system. If you look in the Word of God, everything has order and everything has a system. God is very organized. When He fed all those people, He said, get them put in groups of 50s. Put them around there. In the Old Testament, when He wanted people to lead, He said, okay, you can lead 50, you can lead 100, you lead 500, you lead 1,000. Why? Because He knew the type of leadership skills they had. He didn't give a guy 1,000 who could only handle 50. He manages his resources. We have to prove to God, I can manage more than what I've got. PCA, we can manage more than what we have here today. We can manage 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000. Why? Because we are sons of God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're going to get you there. Come on, come on, stand up. Come on, it's time to do this. Let's give God praise today that you're no longer just a child, but you're a son of God. Come on, give him praise for that today. Come on. I know it hurts a little bit. Come on. God is pleased when we become sons of God. It's like our children, we get so excited when they speak, when they walk. When they, they tell us they love us. Isn't that wonderful? How many times have you held your children and tell them you love them and they... they... Then all of a sudden one day you say, I love you. And they go, love you. What? 
Did it, what did they say? I love you. But they said, I love you. You know, they didn't really, but we'll take it. And God is so pleased when you and I, we mature from children to sons. Today I want those that are going to help us with communion to please come, musicians, singers. We're going to take communion. And guess what? Communion is not about us. Jesus said, I want you to remember me. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.